O thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. <laughs> yeah, really? Really? Okay. You're on. There we go. How's that, people? <laughs> I was trying to. I was telling Randall that my head was cut off. What, ha- what happened to the music? Okay, wait, wait a minute. You hear the music? No. What the heck happened here? Oh, spinning beach ball of death. Yeah, it is. Shall I cue something up to make it a little more interesting? No, don't worry. It will come back one of these days. Anyway, this is why. <laughs> there we go. All right, this is Freedom, people, from Michael W. Smith. My computer is, like, completely freezing up because it's so old. (laughs) It's funny. All right. All right, people. Okay, so what we're going to do on today's edition of Bible News Radio, we're hearkening back to Janet Parshall's theme song for her her old radio show, Janet Parshall's America, my... That's so funny. I'm so not her. Got bigger hair for one. But anyway, hey everybody. I'm glad that you're here. Wait. Gosh. <laughs> I need a haircut. You know, if you brought those up behind your head, they'd be less obvious. <laughs> Says the guy with these giant headphones this on his head. This one doesn't have sound in it. Uh-huh. All right. Hey, if you think it's easy to do this and be yourself, then you're wrong. It's hard. <laughs> Which one is more difficult, being yourself or my mic is like really loud. Uh, here, I'll turn you down. Yeah. So now Every, you can't back in. Everybody's. I know I turned it off the way. The power of the knob. Yeah, it is. <laughs> hey. Bring me back. There you go. <laughs> All right. So which is harder, doing this or being oneself? Or doing the both simultaneously? I don't know. People expect, like, this, like, polished presentation. They do? Well, I don't know if they do or not, but... You know, if you're a type A personality, you might. You might, you might. Anyway, in all seriousness, welcome to Bible News Radio. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. I was doing some research on the different uh, things here. I was uh, I was uh, going ahead and doing some research, and I gotta tell you what happened. I came across some gay history that I thought was super funny. Yeah, I did. And as a result, you are gonna hear about it here today on Bible News Radio, as well as some interesting other news. I have some really cool, interesting news. Yeah, today, is Maundy Thursday. Yeah, it is. I don't know if you know what that is or not, but if you don't, we'll talk about that a little bit. Can't hear us. Did you, like, mute me? I did not mute you. All right, let me go ahead here and see if we can... Now you can. Okay. Okay. I turned the music down. Just messing with us. Yeah, okay. 
well. Alright, okay. Well, as soon as I can, I'm gonna go ahead and shut down the music. But right now I got the spinning beach ball of death on my computer. So I'm gonna mute my computer. <laughs> and hopefully the spinning beach ball of death will decide to, like, stop. So I can go ahead and, uh, get out of this website on Chrome. Chrome has been giving me some problems. Chrome, the browser of champions. No, I don't know if it is or not, but it's still going. It's like this. And I can't do anything. I can't actually get to any of my other screens until the stupid spinning beach ball of death decides it wants to stop on me. So I'll let you know. <laughs> is it a beach ball or a pinwheel? Uh, I've heard it both ways. You know what's really weird is is like when I was a Mac, uh, when I was a Windows user, you, I, I called the blue screen of death, which is why I never... Mm -hmm. Oh, it stopped. Yay. Okay, it took forever. Now I'm trying to close the tab. <laughs> Come on. Okay, well anyway, Blue Screen of Death was my name for the Windows thing, because the Blue Screen of Death would do. And then I came up with the whole spinning, the spinning beach ball of death. And then I found out other people were using it, and I'm like... Who does that? Who comes with, with these cliches like they're all about death? <laughs> Think about it. Have you ever wondered why we call technology issues like the spinning... Now, the spinning beach ball of death, it's back. Okay. It looks like my my whole crown browser is getting ready to crash on me. Now it's completely black. This is not good, people. How am I supposed to do a show, you know... If my whole screen is black. Oh, there it goes. All right. So the first thing I want to do is say hi. Hello. The second thing I want to do is say thank you for tuning into the show. I'm glad that you're here. And if you're listening to our iTunes or, or you know, the audio, thanks for tuning in. Be nice if you emailed me so I know who you are. Email me at Stacy. that's S-T-A-C-Y, at BibleNewsRadio.com. By the way, anybody can email me there. Stacy, like that right there. No E, don't put an E. At BibleNewsRadio.com. Although, just so you know, if you happen to put an E, we set it up because so many people don't pay attention. And anyway, I would get it anyway. But don't put an E if you're smart. Don't put an E. Okay. All right. Anyway. Um, okay. And meanwhile, my, my browser. There we go. All right. So here's the thing. This is the time of the year when Jesus gets attacked quite a bit, just so you know. And so I thought that I would start the show talking about an article over on Fox News. And then we're going to get into this other article titled, um, and this is a true story, right? How Gay Bob, the world's first openly gay doll, came to be. And I'm, I'm sharing this because... I did a series last year, I think it was last year, called The Marketing of Homosexuality to America, based on a book written by two homosexual activists uh, called After the Ball. And it's, it's basically how they marketed homosexuality to America. And this article that was published yesterday, um, it's, it's, it's basically under the, the title of Love and Money and Culture, and so this is actually part of homosexual history. 
And I didn't even know about this. And so I thought it was really interesting, especially in light of my series. I'm going to draw some parallels there uh, just to give you guys some background. But first, I think we should look at this article over on Fox News. This was published yesterday, I believe. And it says here, pub, no, actually it was published three hours ago. Pub, as in like, uh, you know, a pub, apologizes, removes controversial photo of Jesus after extreme backlash absolutely disgraceful. Alexandra Diebler wrote this over on Fox News. This is what it says. It says here, an Australian pub has deleted an image of Jesus issued an apology after facing extreme backlash on social media. Mary's new town in South New South Wales received a barrage of hateful and threatening comments slamming the eatery as, quote, disgusting and disrespectful, unquote, for its controversial post, which featured Jesus holding a cigarette and a beer. Quote, Jesus got hammered for his sin, you can too. Open from 12, Good Friday, and all long weekend. Unquote. The since-deleted post read news.com AU reported. Now, <clears throat> first of all, there's so many things wrong with that comment, but let's talk about just that one line. So somebody with no brain decided that they were going to take Jesus and they're going to mock him on Good Friday, okay, of all days, the day that we celebrate, or we don't celebrate, but we memorialize, remember that Christ was crucified for our sin, not his sin, because he was sinless, the spotless lamb of God, take away the sins of the world. So how rude is this, right? Jesus got hammered for his sin. First of all, the the hammer, you know, got hammered, you know, that was kind of a Allusion, I'm sure, to them being nailed on the cross. But Jesus didn't sin, right? Right. And so, because here's the thing. I wrote a song years ago called Crucified Man, okay? And and the chorus to that song is, he wasn't just another crucified man. He was the son of God. You know, he was the son of God who died in my place. And that's not the lyric. But anyway, he wasn't just another crucified man. There was a lot of crucified people during the Roman days and all that time when Jesus was crucified. But Jesus was not just another one. You know, uh, he was the king of the Jews, which they put his so-called crime up above his head. And he was sinless, spotless. He claimed to be Jesus. He came claimed to be God, the king of the Jews, which... If you understand your theology and Bible, you understand why the religious leaders of the day thought that was a horrible thing because they didn't believe him to be the Messiah. They they expected their Messiah to show up a different way. So, so this comment is so insulting on so many levels, and I'm really glad they got a lot of backlash because I think that's good. But so Jesus got hammered for his sin. Number two, number one got hammered, allusion to a crucifixion. No, Jesus didn't like drink and get hammered that way, but whatever. Um, for his sin, he had no sin. <laughs> and you can too. Really? Okay. Open from 12, Good Friday, and all long weekends. Okay, so so then it says here, goes on to say, the photo, which was posted right before Easter, sparked a negative response with many within the religious community. Well, I would hope so. <laughs> Uh, they should be they should be grateful they didn't do this with muhammad or right well we'll get to that in a minute uh though the post was taken down those offended by the image left poor reviews on the pub's facebook page which are still there any place that needs to mock someone's faith to sell their business is a disgrace absolutely disgusting shame on you one reviewer wrote their recent post is highly offensive 
and has caused me to imagine their menu lacking taste and very bitter. Absolutely disgraceful, one wrote, leaving do not recommend tag on his post. Extremely unprofessional means of advertisement, highly discriminatory and disrespectful. As a business, there should be a high level of respect towards their customer, no matter their beliefs and values, and therefore should keep personal beliefs separate from business. We'll definitely be boycotting this entire place for their poor representation and reputation, as well as their disgusting food and service, one wrote, calling for a boycott on the pub. Absolutely disgusting. Do not give this place the light of day. Their food is just as disgusting as their social media posts, said another comment commented on Facebook. Yahoo Australia reported religious Facebook page Orthodox Christianity fueled the negative comments by asking their followers to please give this place a bad rating. They are mocking our Lord Jesus Christ. Mary's Newtown published an apology post on Instagram stating the Facebook picture was never meant to offend anyone and they decided to remove it after receiving threats of sexual and physical violence against the staff. Mary's Newtown currently has a 3.6 out of 5 rating on its page. Now... I don't know how many real believers would threaten sexual or physical violence towards anybody. That's typically a homosexual tactic um, or a liberal tactic. No offense if you're liberal or gay or anything, just saying. But it's normally that's your MO, not the Christian rights. (laughs) I don't know, Randall. What do you think? I mean, this is... Well, I don't believe any true follower of, of Jesus, of Yeshua, the Messiah, would be getting hammered over oh. <laughs> over the weekend you know, over Easter weekend or any time of the year wouldn't be getting hammered you know getting uh, intoxicated so the poor advertisement is obviously not targeted toward true followers of of Yeshua because they wouldn't be getting inebriated at the pub right <laughs> so so that means that the the, the targets the advertising were nominal believers or unbelievers Tennessean believers <laughs> yeah i'm just so, kidding don't get mad at me my christian so, friends that drink all the time okay so so for them that market the unbeliever or nominal believer that might be just right for them because they're not going to get offended by that and they don't understand you know they're biblically illiterate probably and don't realize that, you know, Yeshua was the Lamb of the God to take away the sins of the world. And as we read in Hebrews uh, 4.15, uh, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who was, one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. So, anyway, he didn't... <clears throat> didn't get hammered for his sin, like you pointed out. And so, so yeah, they're obviously not targeting true believers because they wouldn't be customers of the pub. So, yeah, so they're going to... What they didn't count on is um, people who aren't their customers seeing it. And, and it is it is offensive. And... Yeah, it is. I, I wouldn't I I wouldn't advocate go on there and give them a bad rating. Uh, I would. Because, uh, I would totally. I would. I completely agree. Go there. Give them a bad rating. Well, I mean, evildoers. 
if you if you're not a customer of theirs, if you've never gotten hammered there or eaten their food, well, then you're not in a place to give them any kind of a rating. I would. I I would bash them because of their bad advertising. <laughs> I would I would say you guys suck. What happened yeah, to bless and curse not? And, well, I'm not that holy. I mean, <laughs> I'm just I being would, honest. I would certainly confront them about <laughs> yeah, their, their poor taste. Maybe I would and, go there and I would eat a piece of their food and I go, ooh, this is garbage. Then I go and I give them a bad rating. I would just contact them and say, hey, you know, you're advertising really poor taste <sighs> and you're skating on thin ice there. And be thankful that you didn't, uh, you know, in cartoon form, uh, disparage the the prophet Muhammad, the false prophet Muhammad. Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, we saw it. We see Here. what happens with that when you do a cartoon, right? Uh, an unfavorable cartoon of Muhammad. My hair is really bugging me. I need to do something with my hair. You guys think my hair looks okay? Because it's bugging me. In you what know way? What, you know what it is? It's all. It's. Like, this side is all white, almost. This side is brown, kind of, sort of, which, you know, whatever. Okay, anyway, I'm distracting myself. This is my real hair. (laughs) All right, let's get to this gay Bob story, okay? Okay, first of all, here's the book. That's what I got up for. I went to go get my book. So this is called After the Ball, How America Will Conquer Its Fear and Hatred of Gays in the 90s by Marshall Kirk and Hunter Madsen, Okay. Now, this book is, like, marked up. It's it's going for a lot of money, just so you know. And um, and I did a series. It's actually on YouTube. It's called The Marketing of Homosexuality to America. I think it's about eight hours. I didn't even finish going through this book. But <clears throat> I have to tell you that uh, that the tactics in here is exactly what we're going to read here in the um in here. So, so this article is over on a website called fatherly.com. True story. Okay. And it's titled how gay Bob, the world's first openly gay doll came to be. Now, just for fun, put a one in the chat. If you have ever heard of gay Bob, this doll, cause I had never, and I know quite a bit about gay history. I, this is the first time I've heard about it. So I'm just wondering if any of you have ever heard of gay Bob there. He, there he is right there. Look at him. Doesn't he look awesome with that neck? And you put a one. Jackie hasn't. Melanie hasn't. No. Okay. All right. All right. So Gay Bob. People have never heard of Gay Bob. By the way, I'm going over on YouTube. See if anybody is over on YouTube. If you're on YouTube, hello, people on YouTube. Wait, I have to click over there to see if anybody said anything. Nope. Okay, so so many of you have never heard of Gay Bob the doll. Ah, uh, okay. The dry air. Periscope is acting. Okay, so Sean is over there and Jeff's over there. Hi, okay. Okay, good. All right, so let's look at the article. Okay, this is, let's listen to what it says. The, the 13-inch doll was as much a, a totem of gay pride as he was a calculated parry against the strikes of anti-gay activism. Uh, in 1977, Gay Bob, the world's first openly gay doll, hit store shelves. So it was in 1977. So that was when I was nine years old, right? I was born in 68, so oh. 78 would be 10 minus 1 is 9. Okay, when I was nine, that explains it. <clears throat> 
Designed by entrepreneur and former ad executive Harvey Rosenberg, the 13-inch plastic doll was cheekily designed to look like a combination of Robert Redford and Paul Newman, which you could probably see from the doll. Uh, he wore a plaid shirt and jeans and had feathered blonde hair. He spouted such catchphrases as gay people are no different than straight people. He was packaged in a box that resembled a closet and he was anatomically correct. Bob was as much of a totem of gay pride as he was a calculated parry against the strikes of anti-gay activism. He was created to antagonize society at a time when gay rights were hard to come by. And boy, did it work. According to the anti-gay lobby group Protect America's Children, Bob was evidence of the desperation the homosexual campaign has reached in its effort to put the homosexual lifestyle across to American people. Funny enough, Bob's coming out party coincided directly with the righteous presence of the Save Our Children campaign, a movement led by singer and political activist Anita Bryant that manufactured an atmosphere of hatred on the basis that gay people we're recruiting children. That doesn't happen. So whether you are you were gay, straight, tolerant, or bigoted, it was almost impossible not to hear something about gay Bob. Now, way back in the day, Anita Bryant, you know, she, the homosexual lobby hates her. I mean, if you Google her name, you will actually go ahead. You'll see a lot of hate about her, but whatever. Um, the article goes on to say, I think every gay man was aware of gay Bob, said Chris Byrne, a 30-year-plus veteran of the toy industry, author of five books on toy history, and a featured expert on Netflix's hit documentary, The Toys That Made Us. He certainly made news. The heinous and ignorant views of people like Anita Bryant espoused created an atmosphere of hatred toward gay people. Gay Bob was a campy response. Now, Randall, if you can make that bigger, the, the picture... I just want to focus on the ad a little bit, and I will read what it says here. So it says, come out of the closet with gay Bob. <laughs> and you see the closet there? Anyway, uh, the world's first gay doll for everyone. It's for everybody, just so you know. He sits, he stands, he gets into any position, and since he is anatomically correct, he can even play with himself without going blind. Now, I'm 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 sharing this. Not 1977. Yes, that listen, was... I'm sharing this because my everybody always says that the homosexual lobby is you know homosexuality is in your brain. It has nothing to do with what's between your legs, right? Okay, it's all in your brain. It's all how you feel. It's not what you do. It's nothing about sex at all. And yet, note, people, note, in their marketing, this is their marketing, the references to sex that they are putting here, okay? So it's anatomically correct. He can even play with himself without going blind, which is obviously a reference to masturbation, right? And the whole joke, well, if you do that, then you're going to go blind. Gay Bob is a big 13 inches tall, wow, and made of plastic or plastique if you're very elegant. He comes dressed in a mucho macho plaid shirt, blue jeans that open with a smart snap to reveal his private parts. Remember, this is a doll. The Cabbage Patch dolls? For did, everyone. Did they have... Genitalia? Genitalia? Nope. Did Barbie? Did Ken? Did G.I. Joe? Nope. No, nope. This was a mockery, people. Okay? Now, and this this is evidence right here. And this is the only reason I want to show this to you. 
this is evidence that this community is obsessed with sex and promoting it and all that. Okay. So anyway, so to open with a smart snap to reveal his private parts, boots, and naturally one earring. He lives in a closet. He has his own storybook fashion catalog. Barbie and Ken move over. Gay Bob is here. And then it says underneath the picture, for 1950, which is a lot of money back in the Indeed. 70s, you can get one Gay Bob or be funky and send $35 for two dolls. Why would they do that? Why would it be funky to have two? What do you guys think? I mean, come on. I mean, he's got a penis. You know, it's obvious. New York residents add appropriate tax shipped in brown paper wrapper. Why is that, huh? Dealers, dealer inquiries invited. Sorry, dear, no COD. Money order shipped same day. Checks mean three to four weeks delivery. Now is the time to send for Gay Bob for everyone on your Christmas list. Two, out of the closet incorporated. Anyway, it gives you the, the P.O. box. Okay. It goes on to say in the article, well, was Gay Bob a toy or a political statement? The answer is yes. He was effectively both. If girls and women could have Barbie and heterosexual men could have Star Wars and G.I. Joe, why shouldn't gay men have their own plastic icon? Uh, Byrne reasons that Bob was a slight tongue-in-cheek way of asserting and seizing a place in the culture. To fully appreciate gay Bob, one has to think about the role of camp and self-deprecating humor in the gay sensibility, he says. While the creator sought to promote tolerance, I don't think for a moment that anyone thought a doll would do it. And I'm scrolling down here. The point of gay Bob then became a mix between unorthodoxy and the brilliant satirization of the 1970s agro- Machismo. Machismo culture. I was going to say machoism, but what do I know? <laughs> the late 1970s exploded with different types of gender expression, Byrne explains. While there were effeminate men, the late 1970s was also the era of hyper-masculinity. At the time, there were stark divisions in the gay culture. The butch men and the queens often didn't mix, and there was often antagonism between them. Gay Bob's appearance, particularly his macho movie star mug, ruffled a lot of straight feathers. Then there was the package. Bob was marketed as one of the first anatomically correct dolls, and yes, he had a proper package in order to equip Bob, listen to this, with a believable, quote, accessory, unquote, creator Harvey Rosenberg had to provide Hong Kong toy manufacturers with a life-size cast of an actual penis because they'd never accommodated such a request before. The final model of the doll effectively exaggerated that penis, turning it into both a comparative critique of real men as well as an un unmistakably uncomfortable jab at anti-gay activists. I wonder if it was circumcised. <laughs> I don't know. The anatomically correct element of the doll is more a stab at the neutered Barbie and Ken dolls that have no sexuality and certainly no genitals, said Byrne. There's a long history of exaggerated genitalia as satire, stretching back to ancient Greek and Roman theater. The subtext is that gay people are here and can't or won't be ignored. In this case, gay Bob uses a mainstream recognizable form of totem to assert existence. Because he was a doll, Gay Bob immediately drew a lot of conservative ire for being aimed at children. According to Byrne, however, children wouldn't have noticed Bob's ex, ex, eccentricities. <laughs> how do I say that? Eccentricities. Eccentricities. I, I heard how you would say it, but I would say it eccentricities. <laughs> uh, I feel like Moses sometimes. Lord, I can't speak. 
But anyway, with the same ire as adults, children aren't cognizant of sex and sexuality in the way adults are, he says. And shouldn't be. Kids use dolls to project their individual experiences. A doll or action figure is brought to life by the imagination of a child. For children of traditional doll age, sex and sexuality don't occur unless there's some kind of trauma or abuse. In other words, the sex part of this goes over the heads of kids, and they're more likely oblivious to it than not. So if the doll is anatomically correct, children aren't going to notice that? (laughs) Well, they're not going to understand why unless they've been abused in some way, apparently. True, but but it's going to bring up questions and it's not like it's just going to, you know, go over their heads, didn't even notice it. I mean, <laughs> did, <I'm>... you, <laughs> did you ever think we, that me and you would be talking about this? No, I, I did not. In 1977, when I was, 77, I was... About 11. No, I was 13. You're 13. Okay. 77. Yeah, you're so much older than me. I was only nine. Anyway, Byrne adds that Barbie faced similar criticism for her feminine features. Barbie's breasts have been accused of the same level of distortion as Bob's penis. The traditional Barbie bottle was criticized as too unrealistic. The fault finding is unavoidable. While Gay Bob was hardly as culturally iconic as Barbie, he gave Ken a run in terms of everything from imagination to accuracy. And whether Gay Bob was viewed as an injection-molded scandal or a snarky stab at oppression, he meant a lot to a lot of people. It's hard to believe just how dangerous it was to be out when Gay Bob came along. You could be fired from your job, denied medical care, rejected by your family, and many were. I was lucky. My family did not reject me, but my circle in New York included many people who were written off because they were gay. It's unlikely to ever find Gay Bob in a store. Not many have survived in decent condition dolls fetched just under $200 online, but his impact is still immeasurable. <laughs> yeah, it's so little, the impact, they can't measure it. That's mm-hmm. what I <laughs> If anyone stumbles upon one and considers giving the out and proud doll to their kids, it serves as a reflection of an adult's tolerance. It's important to remember that your understanding of something like gay Bob is undoubtedly much more sophisticated than your child's. So the behavior you model in response to one of the most powerful ways is one of the most powerful ways you can influence your children. So there you go. So now you know about gay Bob, the anatomically correct doll with a penis where in their marketing, they encourage you to buy two dolls so that you can act out sodomy. I mean, just saying, why buy two so that they can get it on? Let's just say get it. Get funky, be funky, whatever. Okay, whatever. That's it's the 70s, thing. 70s, 70s. Bob needs a partner. Well, yeah, Sean says Bob needs a partner. <laughs> well, anyway. Well, he can, he can play I mean, with himself, but... <laughs> Yeah, see, there is a reason why Ken and Barbie are asexual people. Although they have now tried to homosexualize Barbie too. So it's like, it's so sad. It is sad. And you know what? I'm glad that the conservatives took issue with it because they should. And this is another article we should take issue with. This article right here coming off from Breitbart. Did you guys see this? The cross belongs in the dustbin of history. Muslim brothers claim Islam is exempt from 
the law. Listen to this. <clears throat> Two Muslim brothers who claimed Australian law did not apply to them or their religion have been fined for contempt of court. Australia is like in the news a lot. Um, Mustafa. 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 Wasn't he in The Lion King? Wasn't he the guy that hit the guy on the head? Wasn't that Mustafa? I don't know. Maybe something like that. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. And Dia Kara Alley reportedly laughed and began abusing the judge as the punishment was handed down in Sydney's Land and Environment Court after they were found guilty of felling trees without counsel permission. Felling yeah. trees. What's felling of tree? It's like chopping them down, basically. Chopping a tree down? Taking, yeah. I'm so glad that you ex you exist, because I don't know stuff. Or taking it down. Yeah. The brothers, okay, it says here, the brothers had tried to argue the Islamic organization they ran, Diwan al-Dawallah, was exempt from Australia law on religious grounds, and they were free to develop their rural retreat, which included clearing native trees as they saw fit. The court ruled otherwise abc news australia reports in sentencing the two men on thursday justice terence sheehan said the pair only engaged in the court process following my reluctant decision to have you, decision to have you arrested to address the problems you've created describing their contempt of court as flagrant in his published reasons justice sheehan said the brothers claim they do not have to comply with australian law is false in December 2017, the Australian National Imams Council, with the assistance of the NSW New South Wales, Judicial we read about that earlier. Commission, prepared a document entitled Explanatory Note on the Judicial Process and Participation of Muslims, he wrote. The note clearly envisages. envisages. <laughs> From the French visage, which yes. means face. Gotcha. Envisage or envisages, we would say. In Does anybody English. else know language like Randall? Or is it just me that doesn't know some of these words? I mean, come on, be honest. Put a three if you're like me. <laughs> the note clearly envisages that Muslims in Australia will often be expected to participate in court processes. It even stresses that there are many similarities between the Western tradition and the Muslim concept of justice. The brothers were also accused of trapping a man who had delivered court documents on the property by padlocking the gates while he was inside. A furious Mustafa Kerry Alley later left the court telling reporters the cross does not belong on public institutions. Our religion is prime. The cross belongs in the dustbin of history. That's pretty bold. Now, if I said that the tomb of Muslims, like Muhammad belongs on the dustbin of history they could kill me for that right but the cross of jesus or the cross in general you know i mean it's obviously referring to the cross of christ I mean, let's just say it yeah you know you they, to they say the cobblestone belongs in the dustbin they of are history. so threatened by the cross though in my opinion yeah so as i get this whole thing they're building some sort of retreat and <laughs> just took it to themselves to clear some trees <laughs> in the neighborhood uh, which they were not. If they did that in America, they were not permitted to do so. People would have a fit here too. And so then, uh, so then they were fined or something for that. Someone came to serve court documents, and they locked that guy inside their compound. And it's like, 
we don't need your stinking laws. We're we're well. They we're, think they're above the law, right? <clears throat> True story. Just, just immune to it because we yep. answer to a higher power, different authority. Well, I wouldn't say higher. I was just you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Hebrew national. Yeah, we answer know. to a higher power. Higher authority. Speaking of Hebrews, my husband is Jewish. Yeah, he is. He is part Jewish. We discovered this today. So it is now true that we have two Jews, me and him, on this, this, the show. We just, this is my Jewishness right here, my little my, finger in my left hand. Is, we can say oy vey with conviction. Shalom, people. So do you guys remember when I found out I was part Jewish? Do you? Part. Part is the operative word. Hey, I got Jewish blood in me. That means I'm part of the chosen people. Yeah, I am. No, part of the chosen people are you. You're not part of the <laughs> chosen people. Part of the chosen people are in you. You're not in. You're not part of the chosen people. You're okay. not in them. Well, how's it feel now to belong to the tribe, Bareface, knowing that you're part Wh- Jewish? Which tribe? Well, I don't know. We have no idea what tribe we're parts of. Yeah. But Those I'm Ashkenazi were... Jewish. You're probably Indian Jewish. Indian? Go ahead. Share your story so people can hear it. I hear don't... how we discovered Bareface is part Jewish as well. As part Jewish blood, like me. Go ahead. My father had DNA tests <laughs> before he passed away. Yeah, he, he did. passed away. And so anyway, in there um, <laughs> is, is, is European Jewish, which 2% on his part, which would be Ashkenazi. Ah. Cause, because... Ashkenazi. You know, Another Ashkenazi Jew in the house. South, south of the Mediterranean, you know, sub-Saharan... Africa, Middle East, that would be Sephardic Jew. So, anyway. I always knew it. I had a feeling. So, if your dad was 2%, that means you're probably 1%. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how those things work. You could be 3% for all we know. The bottom line, though, is if your dad yeah, is Jewish. Yeah, if my mother was just as or more Jewish than. You might be more Jewish than me. I don't know. Yeah. We should get a DNA test to find out. <laughs> yeah. Aren't you curious? You should be curious. Mildly curious. How many people think Bareface looks a little bit Jewish? You know, at the end of the day. It... How cool that you, a part Jewish woman, man, found me, a part Jewish woman, and well, then we found our Jewish Messiah. Isn't that awesome? Not in that order. Well, I guess in that order, because we are our... I... I think it's cool. Our DNA is what it is. What was the likelihood that when we found Ariel Ministries 20-something years, 25, almost 28 years ago, 27 years ago, 27 years ago, almost, no, it had to be about 25 years ago. Is this this our segue? It is. You know, hey, I met Bareface before I married him. That's good. (laughs) It's been really strange to marry me before meeting me. That's a good point. That is quotable, people. I met Bareface before I married him. You should quote that and tweet it out because that's one of the most smart things I've ever said. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I was in a group with Marianne Fruchtenbaum, who is the wife of Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum, who founded Ariel Ministries all those years ago. And uh, anyway, I got to hear Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum um, teach the life of the Messiah from a Messianic Jewish perspective. And here's the thing. You... Can too. All you gotta do is go to Ariel.org. Ooh, that was awesome. Go to Ariel.org, people, 
And you can buy the books. You don't have to listen to Arnold on tape. You can actually read his words instead. Or you can buy this new book called The Feasts and Fasts of Israel. And I can't read the subtitle. The Feasts and Fasts of Israel, their historical and prophetic significance. This is their brand new book. And you should get it because it's awesome. Totally awesome. When I get my copy, they're sending it to me. I will show it to you. It's almost 500 pages. It's what, 28 bucks or something, but you can save 20%, which will drop it down to about 23 or $24 with shipping um, <clears throat> and get it. But this changed my life. I'm telling you, if you guys understand the Bible in the Hebrew context in which it's written, it will literally change your, your walk with God. I mean, it will, because you'll go, oh gosh, I totally understand this, you know, and you will be like super Christian. Not that you want to be a super Christian, but you, you will be so confident. Remember a couple of days ago, I was talking about how, um, how pastors, like so many pastors in the world, like, like 95% of the pastors in the world don't have theological training. You as a Christian today, you could get so much stuff that could actually help you understand the Bible. Cause people always say, ah, you don't understand the Bible. Most people don't understand the Bible because they don't actually take the time to read it and study it like they should. If they did, then they would, right? So <clears throat> Camp Shoshana coming up in a couple of months is another thing that you could do. You can go to Ariel's Camp Shoshana. And if I could, I would totally be there. I would be there like that. This is up in the Adirondack Mountains, upstate New York. And um, this, this, this would be like the Bible camp, literally of all Bible camps to go to if you could go. And those of you who with money, seriously, you should, you should go. It will change your life. And you get to meet Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum and get to, and model Balliston, who I believe is also going to be teaching up there this summer. <clears throat> Hopefully he usually does. Um, there's so much stuff there. So just go over to Ariel's site. Remember, use Bible news, the coupon code, save 20%. The 20% does not apply to camp, um, because that's camp, but it does apply to everything else in the store. So you can check it out do totally check that out. Okay. Um, yeah. Also, while we're speaking about stuff, uh, I want to say thank you to everybody who donates to Bible news radio on a regular basis. You're our pillars of the community. Um, I really appreciate it. Uh, we, we sent out an email yesterday to ex explaining our need for help <laughs> since our kitchen flooded. Um, we still need probably about 500 bucks in order to help offset what the insurance isn't going to pay. Um, so if you guys feel led to help us out there, then please donate over there on our page <clears throat> right there, biblenewsradio.com forward slash give. Be a cheerful giver as well. And those of you who've already donated, thank you. When we reach that goal, I'll let you know for sure. Because um, we, we, we're going to go get a second opinion. I don't know when we're going to do that. I thought we were going to do it today. To figure out if we can, yeah, <laughs> if that, we can. That's yeah. the original plan until the reminder came in my calendar. You know, I don't. Once it goes in my calendar, it's out of out of mind until the reminder pops up. It's like, oh, that's what I have to do today. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> in the meantime, though, our kitchen floor. I should take pictures of the floor so you guys can see what we're talking about, and the carpet that's all <laughs> messed up. All right. Anyway, there's that. Then also we have Legal Shield, and what I'm what I've been thinking about doing is doing an online will workshop. <clears throat> Here's the thing. This morning I went to a networking meeting, and I had my will with me in my hand, and I had my gavel. Um, you can actually watch some of that on my Instagram story. 
But here's the thing, you guys. Most people do not have wills. You need to get your will done. If you're already a member, if you're one of my members already, then you need to get your will done if you haven't done it yet. Look, it took me 10 months. I admit it, it took me a while. But now that I've done it, I can tell you, you need to do it too. Do it. Get it done, people. Get it done because the advanced directive info is in there as well. And, and I hate to be like, well, we should take care of this in the unlikely event it happens. But you never know. 18-year-olds, look, here's the truth. If you're 18 years or older, you need to get a will done. And you need to get it done, not only because you should get it done, but because of all the advanced medical directives. You never know. If you have a kid that's 18 or older, you don't have any legal right over them or their health care. That's the law. Because they're an adult. So if that kid gets in an accident ends up in a coma, if he doesn't have anything in writing or she doesn't have it in writing, the medical facility can do whatever the heck they want to them. Okay? You might have to fight for, for, for a voice there. <clears throat> I hate to think that way, but it happens. And I hear stories all the time now that I'm in this community. By the way, I also want to share a testimony. One of my members um, who just signed up uh, literally about two weeks ago, I have a testimonial here. Wait, hold on. I'm gonna, I want to find it so I can read it word for word. Let's see. I'm trying to find my thing. Uh, one of my members signed up. She lived in an apartment. This apartment has been the manager's been jacking them around with bad um, things. Hey, Danielle, they they have had heating problems when it was freezing cold. They had they were just being stupid. I mean, being a being a bad bad landlord. And anyway, pest control issues. Well, a couple of weeks ago, my friend calls me up. I was trying to sell her Legal Shield for all this time. And I kept telling her, if you get Legal Shield, it will help you. Trust me, it will help you out. This will help you out. I know this will help you if you just get it. Ah, she didn't want to do it. Long story short, one morning she woke up, found a snake in her house. You know, an actual snake. You know, a slimy creature that somehow in her apartment, a snake showed up in Maryland. I didn't know even snakes existed in Maryland, but whatever. Anyway, so I messaged her this morning. I sent her a text. I said, have you, what, what happened with Legal Shield? Now that you signed up and I know you contacted your law firm, what happened? This is what she said. Quote, she said, good morning. I did. I have to update the paper I sent in. The lawyer is very nice. And she said she is going to help me get out of my lease. I'm glad you texted me. I need to get up and re refill out the paper correctly and fax it back. Thank you for telling me about it. So here's the thing, okay? Here's the thing. What happened is that she told her lawyer what happened and now the lawyer is helping her get out of her lease okay now my friend told the apartment tenant the the landlord that she was going to contact her lawyer and they laughed at her you know what you can contact your lawyer for 25 bucks too just so you know 25 bucks a month this membership i'm telling you it rocks and when I read that today, I was stoked. I was so happy. And I'm happy because, number one, I know she's getting help. Number two, it's affordable help. And that's the reason the service exists is because so many of us get taken advantage of. And you know what? I'm here to be a voice in the wilderness and say, you know what, people, it's time Christians take back our power in this area and say, you know what? Hey, 
we're not going to be taken advantage of anymore. And we're also going to, you know, stand up to the bullies who are trying to take advantage of us. And things that we need help with that, that are important that cost an arm and a leg, you know, like getting a will done, we get it done with our membership fee. And that's it. And we also get our identity theft protection affordably. And we, we're smart. We're being protecting. So uh, so I'm super stoked by that. And so if you want to get it, just let me know. You can go over here to bit.ly forward slash LOJ 2019. Yeah, there it is right there. And um, just, yeah, just let me know. I, you know, I have a number of stories from my members. I just, I love it because, you know, because it's so true. Mia in, in chat, she saved a couple hundred bucks on a brand new phone. You know, me, I actually saved, I've, I've actually saved about $1,000 already just this year. Not this year, but in the year that I've been a member. <clears throat> so that's the thing. Also, if you need some extra money, you want to be an associate and you want to actually do the work, go out, network, and try to sell this to people, it's not that hard to sell if you try it. Uh, sign, you can sign up and be an associate too for 99 bucks. Uh, and, and or if you want to refer people to me, then that would be awesome too. In fact, I'm going to put this out here. If you want to refer anybody to me to uh, sell this, uh, I will give you 10% back of whatever they purchase. So if they purchase a full membership, which is 50 bucks, I'll give you 10% back. Okay. So that's my referral opportunity for you. Um, if, if you refer people to me. Okay. That's it right there. All right. Anything else, Bareface? Did I, am I forgetting anything? Um, you sent some other things to me. Oh, uh, somebody the... muted the rude person in the chat room. Hmm. Jason. Yeah, Jason. Let's talk to Jason. Do Dog Rex. Or however... Oh, look at that. Jason has no followers. And he's not following anybody. Oh, that's, that's like a coward right there. Somebody comes up with a bad name. They have zero followers, which means they're not that important. And they're not following anybody, which means they don't really care about relationships. And then they come in and they insult me. Aw, poor Jason. Aww. You need to get my friend's book, Evict the Bully in Your Head. <laughs> That's right. By the way, I have to give Vicky a shout out. You know, Vicky is, she's, I love her. <laughs> I love her. I just love Vicky. What can I say? Vicky Fitch, I love. But she's nuts i love her but she's crazy but she's crazy in a nutty way she's crazy in a way that actually is completely inspirational um you know this woman has a goal to write 12 books in 12 months which actually hasn't happened uh the year is over but you know what who cares she's been sick like almost half of that year and she's still published two books <laughs> two two books so even though all 12 weren't written in a year who cares she has two books published in less than two years. And they're actual books. I mean, they're books like this, you know. They're not like an e-book that's seven pages long. You know what I mean? So if you guys have not got Direct Selling 101, you should get it if you're in direct sales for sure. Um, I endorsed it. All the more reason to get it because my name's on the back of the book. <laughs> um, and Evict the Bully in Your Head, really cool. It's a fun book, and it's a good book. Her stuff is really good. She really is gifted, and, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to all her other books when they get out. Eventually, they'll all come out, but you guys should get her books. Go to VickiFitch.com. You can learn more over there, and that's V-I-C-K-I-F-I-T-C-H.com, VickiFitch.com. All right, go there. That was not a paid, uh, that was not a paid commercial, but you, you guys know Vicky. You should, 
you should uh, check her out. Um, okay, so this is Holy Week, as you all know. Today is Maundy Thursday, which we don't really celebrate in the Christian church, but we, Maundy, Maundy. but other people do, right? And so there's an article today, um, and I, you know, I forgive me for not focusing on what's happened during the, the Holy Week, um, but this is day five um, where we look at Passover and the Last Supper, um, and I also, I'm on the wrong page, bareface. <laughs> Hold on a second. I have to open that article up. Wait, hold on. Let me find it. The Ballad of Gay Bob. Monday, Thursday. Okay, here it is. How many of you celebrate Monday, Thursday? Just out of curiosity. You don't, do you? Yeah. Okay, so here it is. This is over on the Episcopal News Service. Monday, Thursday, foot clinics offer loving care rooted in Jesus' command to serve others. Uh, foot washing ceremonies, a tradition enshrined in the Book of Common Prayer, are part of Monday Thursday observances in Episcopal churches everywhere, recreating an act of service that Jesus performed for his apostles as an example that you should do as I have done. But such acts of service don't need to stop at washing feet. Some dioceses and congregations expand their Monday Thursday activities to include foot care clinics and free socks and shoes for the clinic's patrons who typically are the church's homeless neighbors. For a lot of people who are poor and homeless, their feet are their primary mode of transportation, said the Reverend Stephen King, a priest at Trinity Episcopal Cathedral in Omaha, Nebraska, who is organizing the cathedral's second annual Monday Thursday Foot Care Clinic on April 18th, which is today, by the way. Similar clinics are scheduled for Monday Thursday at St. Luke's Episcopal Church in Jamestown, New York, and at Christ Church Cathedral in Cincinnati, where the annual event goes by the name Soul Clinic. That's S-O-L-E, just so you know, people. <clears throat> a lot of this is just talking and hanging out while we're washing their feet, Cheryl Eagleson, Soul Clinic's lead organizer, told Episcopal News Service. The cathedral also offers a hot breakfast, bag lunches, and dozens of new shoes for clinic patrons to choose from. And in San Diego, several Episcopal congregations work together on Monday, Thursday to turn the Diocese Episcopal Church Center in the Ocean Beach neighborhood into a full-service stop offering homeless residents a wide range of free services. Foot washing and shoe distribution play a prominent part, but patrons also can visit a shampooing station, get their haircut, visit with a dentist or a doctor, take pets to see a veterinarian, and listen to live music while enjoying a hot meal. <coughs> I think this is cool, and it's a long article, so I'm not going to read the rest, but you get the point. So this actually, though, comes on the heels, pun intended. <laughs> that was supposed to be funny, people. Did you laugh at that? Come on. Get it? Come on. It comes on the heels. Really? Not even a groan emoji? Okay, anyway. <laughs> uh, anyway, so here, here Monday, Thursday... Um, also Holy Week, during Holy Week on Thursday, uh, Jesus sent Peter and John ahead to the upper room in Jerusalem to make the preparations for the Passover feast. That evening after sunset, Jesus washed the feet of his disciples as they prepared to share in the Passover. By performing this humble act of service, Jesus demonstrated by example how believers should love one another. 
And then he, then this article talks about how people are doing that. So my question is, how many of you put an eight like that, an eight, put an eight if somebody has ever washed your feet? I will, because somebody has actually washed my feet before. A couple people actually. There, put an eight. I'm curious, Bareface, has anybody washed your feet? Um, yeah, I believe so. I, I was just as part of a, I forget which fellowship was part of that thing. That mm-hmm. We took turns washing each other's feet. I think I washed your feet at once, one point. Yeah, mm-hmm. I believe you did. Yep. So you just take opoids and do these scopes. Show them feet. Hey, show them feet. Perfect. For t- <laughs> And we had a visitor from Australia. We do? Wash. No, we oh, did. Oh, yeah, yeah. Beth. Beth, my friend from Australia. Well, she didn't wash my feet. She massaged my feet. Okay. Close enough, though. Heck, uh, my feet were really sore. I have I have wide feet. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's actually a, a very humble thing that Jesus did when he sure. took the towel off and he walked around and he washed. He girded himself with a towel. Yeah, that's what I meant. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Most of the time, not all the time. But, you know, but Peter, he was like, hey, this is me paraphrasing. He's like, hey, you know what? Don't do that. No. And Jesus basically said, hey, if I can't do this to you, you can't have any part of me. And then then Peter's like, hey, all right, then wash my head, too. Of course, you know, from one extreme to another. Um, All that. But when you think about it, that's an amazing thing that happened. So not only did Jesus model something um, that's actually very humbling, right? But also he, the time he did it is actually amazing. You know what I mean? So listen to this in this article. It wrote, Then Jesus shared the feast of Passover with his disciples, saying, I've been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you now... That I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. As the Lamb of God, Jesus was about to fulfill the meaning of Passover by giving his body to be broken and his blood to be shed and sacrifice, freeing us from sin and death. During this last supper, Jesus established the Lord's Supper or communion, instructing his followers to continually remember his sacrifice by sharing in the elements of bread and wine. Later, Jesus and the disciples left the upper room, went to the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus prayed in agony to God the Father. Luke's gospel says that his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Luke 22, by the way, 44. Late that evening in Gethsemane, Jesus was betrayed with a kiss by Judas Iscariot. By the way, just so you know, in that culture, it was always a friend that would kiss you. That's why it's important to understand that when Judas kissed him, that was a friendly kiss. It was, that was something that friends did. It wasn't enemies or acquaintances. Friends did that. So Judas's kiss, you know, Petra made a song out of it. That's why it was even more of a betrayal because that was an intimate thing. And I know for me, I kiss my friends, you know, I will kiss my friends on the face, you know, not the mouth. That's just weird. But on the face, I will kiss you if I meet you sometimes. I don't, I don't kiss all my friends, but some of my friends I do kiss. But anyway, <clears throat> so he was betrayed with a kiss by Judas Iscariot and, and arrested by the Sanhedrin. He was taken to the home of Caiaphas, the high priest, where the whole council had gathered to begin making their case against Jesus. 
<clears throat> Meanwhile, in the early morning hours, as Jesus's trial was getting underway, Peter denied knowing his master three times before the rooster crowed. So if you want to read more, you can read Matthew 26, Mark 14, Luke 22, and John 13. So that's kind of the, the Holy Week meditation remembrance of this. And I don't know about you, but there's so much in that. I mean, Randall and I, we could do a whole, every show we could do on deep, in-depth Bible teaching on this because there's just so much of it. And, and you get that when you look at the life of Christ from a Jewish perspective. I mean, it just comes to life. It totally comes to life. So Bareface, you have any other comments? Bareface? No. No? <laughs> what? Oh. You, Bible man, don't have any more comments? I mean, what, what you what you read and said or, you know, mm. spot on. All right. So tomorrow is I good. I mean, without, good. without going to a whole analysis of, of Passover. I know. And, and Messiah in the Passover. But that's what the book is for, the, the feasts and fasts of Israel. They're historical. Yeah, I, I can't can't wait to get my copy okay everybody so that's it that's our show for today i hope you enjoyed it um do me a favor uh share it out wherever you can bible news radio on facebook on on twitter on uh, periscope wherever it is you watch the show and if you don't mind you can also join our daily disciples group just search that you'll find it i'll let you in and what else our text message list you can join my text message list by texting Bible News to 33222. And my email list, if you go over to BibleNewsRadio.com, you can join over there. I am putting things over on Kajabi, which is my new platform. So eventually you will be getting stuff through Kajabi instead. And what else am I talking about? If you want to donate, yeah, we still need money. So if <laughs> you want to donate to the show. And we still have my course, Your Secrets Are Not Secrets. Stop Lying to Yourself. I'm selling that for $10. Uh, that's a that's a great course. And I'm not just saying that because I wrote it and did it and videotaped it and everything. I'm saying it because that's what everybody who's taken it has actually said. So it's on sale this week uh, for 10 bucks. If you want that, um, I will just send me a message and I'll send you a link to it. And you can get it. You'll love it. You will totally love it. If you love me, you'll love it because it's just me teaching you. So, okay. I think that's it, people. All right. Love you guys. Talk to you tomorrow. Remember, be bold, stand up, and go forth. My arms look super long, don't they? Go with God because he loves you. My arms really aren't that long. I'm pretty short. <laughs> See you later. <laughs>